I'm Josh Pollard. I'm Joe DeSazio. And this is Story Players, the podcast that analyzes story-driven video games. Today we're starting a new series for the game Life is Strange Before the Storm. This game is episodic with a total of three planned episodes plus a bonus episode if you bought the deluxe edition. Today we're discussing episode one entitled Awake. Before the Storm is a prequel to the original game Life is Strange, which came out January of 2015. Well, it was also episodic, so that's when the first episode of Life is Strange came out. We're just going to say Life is Strange from here on out. We're not going to keep saying Life is Strange before the storm. It's way too many subtitles. Not happening. So just as a real quick backstory on the Life is Strange series, the original Life is Strange was a game that starred a character, a, a high schooler named Max Caulfield. She had the ability to rewind time. None of that really matters here, but what does matter is that the original Life is Strange focused around Max Caulfield and her friendship and the consequences of her friendship with a girl named Chloe Price. Before the Storm takes place two years before the events of the original Life is Strange, and you play as Chloe Price. While Life is Strange came out more than two and a half years ago, we are playing Before the Storm right after it came out. We are recording this like two days after it came out, which was August 31st, 2017. Here's your spoiler warning. We will be discussing in depth this entire uh, first episode of Before the Storm. And even though this is a prequel to the original game, it's going to be hard to talk about the characters, talk about uh, the plot and the choices we're making without reflecting on that game. So uh, if you haven't played that game, I would suggest not listening to this podcast if you don't want to be spoiled. And this is actually something that Joe and I debated a lot as to whether or not we should record this without talking about the previous Life is Strange game. I kind of wanted to be able to do it, but the stories and some of the things that impact your playthrough of this game, it, like we just can't talk about it without talking about the first game. If you haven't played the first Life is Strange, pause this, go play it. It is five episodes. It's going to take you 10-ish hours or so. It will be well worth it. And you should you should have played it before playing Before the Storm episode one. If you already played episode one, it's fine. We don't know when episode two comes out. You've got some time to play the original Life is Strange. So go and do that. Then come back and listen to this. You're going to enjoy it a lot more. And I think you're going to enjoy Before the Storm a whole lot more. So quick thoughts. How did you feel about this episode after you finished it? Well, maybe I should start by saying my expectations. Okay. My expectations were somewhat low. Mm -hmm. I loved Life is Strange. It is in absolutely top three games of all time for me. Wow. The the first game emotionally wrecked me. <laughs> the The story was fantastic. I, I loved so many aspects of the first game. So when you when you like a game that much, any sequel or prequel or whatever, you expect it to not be as good. Sure. So it had that going against it. Plus, it's not actually made by the same studio. Mm. This game is being made by Deck Nine Studios, whereas the first one was made by Don't Nod. Both of them are published by Square Enix. I, I tempered my expectations a little bit because I didn't want to have them smashed. And... By the time I finished this game, about three hours after starting it, I, I was thoroughly impressed. I, I think the, the guys over at Deck Nine did a fantastic job with this game. 
Yeah, I really enjoyed it too. It far exceeded my expectations. I had a few doubts going in, just like you did. There was the the new studio thing. The original developers don't nod. They are working on a future uh, sequel to Life is Strange, although I believe they said it's not going to have the main characters. It's just going to be a new story. And so this is a prequel. And you know, I'm not real. I'm not a real big fan of prequels. It, it seemed unnecessary, but after playing this one, you know, I'm convinced. I want. I want to see more. About, oh, absolutely. About the story between uh, Chloe and Rachel. I was also concerned about the new voice cast. So this game was developed during the Screen Actors Guild, American Federation of Television and Radio Artists strike. They're striking for better pay, better working conditions, etc. And so the person who played Chloe in the first game, Ashley Birch, was unable to act in this game due to that strike. Right. And her performance in the first game is one of the highlights of that game. She did an amazing job of portraying Chloe. And so I thought, how can we, how can we go through an entire game where we're going to be playing as Chloe and have a different person? And I, I thought it, this, this new voice actress did a really great job. It was a little distracting for me. Probably in the mm. first 15 minutes, it sounded just a little too different. But after that, I, I, I just completely forgot about it. Yeah, because the storytelling and the environment that it places you in gets so... Like you just get so enveloped in it that you forget about little things like that. And we know that Ashley Birch, even though she didn't act in the game, she was a writer on the team. She did contribute um, and she's listed in the credits as a writer. Mm -hmm. And so she contributed a lot to Chloe's, you know, her writing and how she may react to things. So let's talk a little bit about our approach to this game. It's this isn't your typical role-playing game in that you're not starting with a a blank slate of a character you are absolutely starting with a character that has lots of backstory absolutely has a personality and for for both of us it's a character unlike anything that we've ever been because it's a teenage girl and we're both you know mid-30s dudes (laughs) i am not nor have i ever been a teenage girl. I, I completely agree. Right? <laughs> you know, I was thinking Chloe in this game is half my age. Mm-hmm. And so my daughter, who's pretty young, is closer in age to Chloe than I am. To wow. Chloe. So I didn't think about that. <laughs> well, and the other thing is that when, when I play through story-based games and role-playing games and stuff, I tend to try to play as much like me as I can. And, you know, except that, except that the characters that I play in games are way stronger and smarter and pretty much better than me in every way because <laughs> of the video games. But this I, doesn't I try really to work play, here, does it? It doesn't work at all because I like, besides the fact that I've never been a teenage girl, even when I was a teenager, I wasn't very similar to Chloe. Chloe is a rebellious teenager who has lots of major major issues going on at home i didn't i didn't I, I was fortunate enough not to have these types of issues that she's having but not only that she like you said she's an existing character right we you're not role playing you're not creating a new character and customizing mm-hmm. the way that they look and then trying to in, in, imbue your own personality into it right we already have experience with her sure it's in the future which is a little strange that we're trying to provide a backstory for a character that we already know about and didn't right. have a whole lot of control over in the other game but to an extent we did through our actions as max we did 
change, tweak our relationship with Chloe. And mm -hmm. so I'm finding it a little difficult trying to make decisions in this game that make sense in the moment, but then also make sense with who I know Chloe to be in my playthrough of the last game. Right. So, so I guess to get a little bit more specific, how are you, how are you making these decisions? Are you trying to make them as close to the type of character Chloe was in the original series? Or are there certain areas where you're just, you're, you're deciding to choose things that she wouldn't do. For example, we know that she smokes pot and I don't and don't really like that sort of thing. So it, when those types of situations have come up, I've chosen not to go down those routes. But in the game, she absolutely smokes pot. Like you don't ever actually see her smoking pot. Sure. I don't think. But she admits to to doing it and I'm not. So well, I, I don't know. Here, here's, here's the approach I've been taking so far. And that is, I know about Chloe, and I know specifically at this time in her life, she's in a pretty bad place. Right. I see her as someone who is just going to be doing a bunch of stupid things mm -hmm. as a teenager. Like you said, she's very rebellious. She's going to do things to act out. So my decision was to have her do as many stupid things as possible. Things like talking back to people, taking drugs, etc. Okay. Good. But I decided at one point, and we'll talk about this when we get to that scene, but when things get serious, she does not, she doesn't keep pushing. She kind of backs off because she is, after all, just a, she's a 16-year-old girl. And if things get really bad, then she's, I'm, I'm imagining her as maybe getting a little scared of the situation and trying to get out of it. Okay. That makes sense. What about you? I am choosing a lot of responses where, like, I think that she, she would talk back. Uh, and, and that's a good thing because so much of this game is, is focused around the mechanic of getting into arguments with people. So I am doing some of that, but at the same time, the things that I want to say, I want to wait until we get sure. to the, yeah, until definitely. we get to those conversations. Okay. That's so fine. That, because for, for those of you listening at home right now, Joe and I, it's now been about two whole days since Joe and I've played this game and we've somehow miraculously refrained from actually talking about the game <laughs> we haven't talked anything at all about the decisions that we've made as we do that through the recording of the show will be the first time that we find mm -hmm. out what it, what each of us chose to do in the game all right let's head into the recap then so the game opens at night we see a hooded figure standing on uh, train tracks in front of an approaching train this person lights a cigarette you can start to hear the train's brakes squeal, though it's, it's clear that there's not going to be enough room for this train to stop. And then at the last second, this person just casually walks off the tracks. They pull off their hood to reveal our main character, Chloe, but she looks different than the last time we saw her. She has normal colored hair. Is that, would that be brown? Brunette? Is she a brunette? She's like a, a, a sandy blonde. I, I don't oh. know. Yeah, it's like a, a blondish brown. Sure. <laughs> What's her color in the other game? Is it like blue? Blue, she had blue hair. It's blue. Okay. And she looks she looks younger than the last time that we saw her. Yeah, I, I actually for a second there wasn't entirely like I was like, oh, this has got to be Chloe. But I wasn't quite sure if it was Chloe because she does look a lot different than she did in in the first game. But yeah, it's once, you know, five seconds later, when you're suddenly controlling the character, oh, it's definitely Chloe, <laughs> since I know you play Chloe. For a moment, I thought maybe this was going to be an actual suicide attempt, not just playing around like you just don't care. Like, 
Mm. I thought this was an actual suicide attempt because uh, Chloe mentions in the previous game that Rachel saves her. Right. And I thought maybe, maybe that's like a literal, she's in a run off, run into the scene from off, you know, <laughs> off in the woods or whatever, and literally knock her down off the tracks. That would be a dramatic opening. That would be a super dramatic opening. And it, it wasn't that. No. All right. So she walks down to this old mill where a band firewalk is playing some music and she has to convince a bouncer to let her inside. I don't know about you, but as soon as I got into that part, I'm, you know, because we've played the previous game, I'm scanning the whole scene to see what sorts of interaction points are there. Mm -hmm. And so there's dudes over by an RV fighting and I, I go to talk to them. There's not really much there. There's some cars off to the right, nothing there. Go and look at the RV, walked around the RV, found out you can tag is, is what she keeps calling it. You can tag the back of the RV in which case she pulls out a marker and it was actually my first decision uh was what do you what do you want to write Mm -hmm. on the side of this (laughs) on the side of this rv and i chose the option for hey kids free candy inside or something yeah i did the the same thing (laughs) but i i saw the rv and i'm like this has got to be frank's rv oh yeah probably yeah it is one of the new gameplay mechanics that we see that you have the option of pulling up at any point in time is if you are unsure of your current objective, you can have her pull up her hand and yes. she has in <laughs> pen written what you're supposed to do next. That is so awesome. I love that. I absolutely love that. So our objective here is to get inside of the old mill to see this amazing rock concert. But there's a bouncer in our way. So this is the first time we are introduced to the back talk mechanic. Mm hmm. So it's almost like you're doing a like a rap battle where as you're talking with the person, they're going to say something and then you're given a choice of a few things to say. And the idea being that you kind of want to say something that relates to what they were saying and kind of like try to insult them back in some way. Right. And then if you're successful in that, then you kind of like move your meter up toward beating them, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And I think for this one, it was maybe four or five correct. Right. Uh, responses will convince the bouncer that y- you can go, you're cool. You're cool. Even though you're totally underage <laughs> right. with a fake ID that, you know, yeah, okay, you're pretty cool. I'll let you in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I had no problems at all with, with this backtalk mechanic. If you choose the wrong response, then the meter goes up towards, towards the person that you're going against. And that never once happened for me with this character. In fact, for the entire game, right, uh, it only went up once, and it was a later one where you have to say the first thing, oh. and I'm like, <laughs> I, I don't really know which is the right thing to start with here, and apparently yeah. I didn't start with the right thing. So if you checked out everything before having this conversation with the bouncer, you saw that there's a motorcycle with a black floral print on the gas tank of the motorcycle, and she makes some... Uh, comment to herself about wow nothing says badass like floral print or something like that which (laughs) is kind of hilarious and you have the option to throw that insult at the bouncer during the fight did you yeah i did and what happened because i didn't i thought i want to win this but i don't want to make this guy hate me no it didn't it didn't give him the point or anything oh okay he just kept going he That's great. I don't remember his exact response, but it, it, it did let me continue. Okay. 
All right, so inside, Chloe explores the lobby area. She sees a few people. She sees her drug dealer, Frank. She has to uh, try to push past uh, a crowd to get into the actual concert area, but she ends up backing into a dude, spilling his beer all over him. And the dude's a total jerk about it. Well, wouldn't, I mean, if someone spilled beer all over you, wouldn't, wouldn't you be a jerk? But it's not like she did anything. She was just trying to get in and someone bumped into her. Sure. He's a jerk. Show some compassion. There is also a guy in there selling t-shirts and you know how expensive t-shirts are at a concert type of thing like this. Apparently $20. $20. That seems reasonable to me, really. That right. seems like a good deal for a concert, sure. But Chloe's like, I ain't got money and that means it should be free. I don't, you know, teenagers. Rebellious teenagers specifically. <laughs> Whatever. So this guy is leaning up against the back of a car, which is inside of this mill. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's like got an open garage door or something. Like a barn, kind of. Right. And so you can, and it's just barely hanging on there. And so you can, you can go walk around to the front of the car and just release the parking brake and the car just falls out of the building. So I didn't actually have that option. Did you, did you see the parking brake? I did. I think I did things a little bit out of order. Oh. Because before talking to him, I went and checked out the car. And so it gave me the icon for a look oh. at the parking brake. Oh. And she and you know she says, "Wow, this seems like this car could just roll right out of here." <laughs> yeah. But I didn't have an option for releasing the parking brake. So you probably had to go talk to him first and have so, that sort of right. bad so th- conversation. Later I went and talked to him and he was like, "Hey, shirts are 20 bucks." And I'm like, oh, "I don't have any money." And then I just left it at that because while she is rebellious, I'm I wasn't planning on doing anything about that. So I just Walked away from that situation. As many stupid things as possible, Josh, is Um, what I was doing. (laughs) I'm glad you are. (laughs) Great. So he gets distracted by that. And so you just... I could imagine so. (laughs) So so you just walk around back to the trunk and you can grab a t-shirt free, you Mm -hmm. know, because it's stolen. But also you find a big wad of cash in the trunk that appears to be about $200. Okay. And so... Dude's only sold 10 shirts. He's not doing all that well. (laughs) So you're given the option. Your two options are steal the money or leave it. What did I do? I'm going to guess that you stole the money. Because that would be a stupid thing to do. Exactly. So I absolutely stole the money. And immediately after I did that, it had the this new icon that appears in the upper left corner of the screen. That's like a triangle pyramid, whatever. Mm -hmm. And it and this is like uh, this choice will have consequences. Right. And I'm used to that. In the last life is strange, but it's mm-hmm. usually not that big of a deal. It's just, oh, this is an interesting choice because I can just rewind and make the other choice. And I almost, for a second, I felt that it was doing the same thing here where it's like, by the way, this is going to be a big deal. Are you sure you want to do this? There was no, are you sure? Right. It had already, ha- it happened and I was, I was just going to have to deal with whatever happens. Right. Because in the first life is strange, you could have just rewound time yep. and decided not to steal the money. But Chloe's just a normal girl. She's she's not rewinding time. No superpowers. Yeah. So then, what I did with that money is I went back over to my drug dealer Frank and I was like, "This settles my debts, man. Give me some pot." Ah. And so I I now have some pot I'm carrying. Yeah. So I I didn't get any pot from Frank either. Chloe then risks walking up some rotten stairs to get a better view of the concert from above. She gets up there and she just starts rocking out on the floor. You know, just. Having a good old time. Kind of a weird way to enjoy a concert, but whatever. Yeah, it's all about the musical experience, the audio. You don't have to be up on your feet, I guess. Sure, right. I like to see the people performing too, but whatever. But then the dude that she spilled the beer on shows up. With a friend. Well, with the friend that he was with 
downstairs yeah, too. So it's two dudes up in in this loft with just you. Mm-hmm. So they, you know, they talk. Whatever. Chloe clearly looks afraid, and from nowhere, a girl throws a bottle at the dude. So then, this is probably your first real consequence choice. Uh, yeah, it, it absolutely was. So the the options here, it's very simple. Now that now that skeezy dude is distracted, do you attack him or do you run? And I thought, I don't really have any fighting abilities. I'm getting out of here. I'm running. So I said that I was doing as many stupid things as possible unless <laughs> things get serious. Okay, okay. This guy has broken, a, I think at this point he's broken a bottle against yep. you know, a wood beam and right. he now has a broken glass bottle mm-hmm. that he's threatening to hurt you with. Right. And so at this point I'm like, uh, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm taking this opportunity to run. Okay. So we both did the same thing. Then. Yes. Turns out the girl who threw the bottle is Rachel. Rachel Amber. Rachel Amber. What is she doing here? What is she doing here? She's the popular girl. She's the girl that everybody wants to be like. She's the straight A student. And she's at a rock concert and ripped up jeans. And <laughs> <laughs> Even Chloe seems very shocked. Like, oh, yeah. I, like, uneven sure if that's her. <laughs> right. R- Rachel? So they're able to uh, escape and the girls enjoy the rest of the show. Partying. Dancing. Yep. All right. The next morning, Chloe wakes up in her bed. She writes another entry in her journal which is nice because they're actually in the form of letters to her friend, Max. Mm -hmm. So Max is the person you played in the first game. And Max, for whatever reason, I can't remember if maybe if her dad got a new job or whatever, she got a new job. She was, she's best friends, grew up with Chloe, best friends, and now has moved away from, this is a town in Oregon and they Mm -hmm. have moved to Seattle. Right. And so Max has left town and does not seem to be, communicating with chloe does not seem to be returning phone calls text messages what have you and so chloe has this journal and she's writing these letters to max that's she's never going to send to max but it's just a way of of writing out her thoughts did you read any of the other letters because there are multiple letters in this journal to max like from the start like it starts out with like three entries i think yeah yeah i read through i read through the entries yeah so she's she's really really hurt by, by max because Right before Max moved away, Chloe's dad dies in a car accident. Mm-hmm. We knew all of that from the previous game, yep. but it, it's all being brought up again here. And Chloe needed Max more than anything after her dad died. And Max just moves to Seattle. And Chloe, from the mind of a self-involved teenage girl, thinks, obviously, Max doesn't care about me anymore. Why would she move? Well, you know, looking at this as you know, a 36 year old dude, I can see that she was a teenage girl. Max had no choice in the matter. Her parents were moving. She had to move with them. Mm -hmm. I'm sure she was upset about having to leave behind her best friend, but that's not how Chloe sees this. Chloe sees Max as, as someone who's left her, abandoned Abandoned her. her. Yeah. Did you read through the text messages on Chloe's phone? Yes. Did you read through the conversation with Max? Was it even two sided? (laughs) a little bit at the beginning but it very quickly goes into chloe sending messages to max max waiting days to respond and saying sorry i've been busy we gotta talk you know just catch up at some point but Mm -hmm. then never follows through with it yeah and chloe just will send more messages like hey you know i really need you and and eventually there's just nothing no response Mm -hmm. so you know i i can see you know why chloe feels the way that she does so chloe is super mad at max 
throughout all of this. But there was one entry in, I believe it was one of the letters, where Chloe says something to the effect of, I'm really mad at you, but if you came back, I would take you back in a second. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's, that's, that's hard. That's rough. It, you know? yeah, it is. It's, it's, no matter how upset she is, it would just make her life so much better. So as Chloe leaves her room and starts walking downstairs, her mom yells up at her to ask her to bring her person phone downstairs to where she is making a diner-esque breakfast. You know, she, her mom, Joyce, works at a diner. Mm-hmm. And so for breakfast, there's just very typical diner food, eggs, bacon. Do you think you'd get sick of that after like every day having the same? <laughs> Do you remember the name of the diner? I don't. I think it was the Two Whales Diner. Oh, maybe. Wasn't it? Yeah, that sounds right. I'm totally guessing here. I think that's what it was called. Totally just made that up. I just, I thought it was pretty cool to be in this house again. We were in this house uh, during the last game because Max would come over and visit Chloe up in her room. And so we've, this looks exactly the same yeah. as the last game. So it felt homey. When Chloe gets downstairs, she has a conversation with her mom, more like an argument over Chloe's lack of communication, her drug use, skipping school. There's some conversation about Joyce's boyfriend, David, who will be taking Chloe to school today. And actually, during this conversation, I don't remember uh, one of those icons coming up saying that this decision will have consequences, but you are presented with a decision that's important enough that at the end of the game, it tells you how you picked compared to everybody else. Mm-hmm. And, and the options were, were you mean to Joyce or not? And I, I chose the option that said that I was mean to her, which only 39% of the people who play this game were mean to Joyce. I didn't feel like I was that mean to her. I was definitely in that 39%. <laughs> that doesn't yeah, surprise me. At some point it asks, do you want to, do you want to respond in a negative way or do you want to try to you know, be nice? And- well, I thought it was presented, if I remember correctly, as essentially like blow it off and move on or be honest with your mom. I remember that, but I also remember another one that was worded differently. Oh, so maybe okay. it was a combination of both. Maybe it was. Because I was like, I'm going to be honest. Like, we need to have this conversation <laughs> that this boyfriend is a jerk and he's ruining our lives. <laughs> Chloe meets David, Joyce's boyfriend, out in the front drive. He's working on his muscle car. She, he's going to be taking her to school, but uh, he's still working on the car and asks her to retrieve some tools from the garage, at which point they leave. Before they leave. You've you've helped retrieve the tools. There's a there's a minor decision there. David goes to offer you a fist bump. <laughs> Do you accept the fist bump? <laughs> Did you accept it? I rejected the fist bump. Me too. <laughs> so then he grabs her hand and tries to give her a fist bump anyway. Right. Which she doesn't she's not cool with. Well, who would be? What a jerk. Who does that? Maybe you're teaching somebody how to how to fist bump like a, like an infant child. You right. might do that. <laughs> But yeah, he, he, he's, he's trying to help Chloe understand that, okay, she feels the way that she does, but her behavior affects more than just herself and that it really makes her mom's life difficult and stresses her out. Now, there was a choice in the car too when they were talking where you can try to respond to that or just ignore it. And I ignored it and Chloe says something to herself internally like, is it weird that what some of David is saying makes sense to me? Yeah, I, I was pretty standoffish with, with David also the whole time. I, I, it sounds like we treated David exactly the same way because he's a jerk. So then you get into 
another backtalk challenge with with David, right? Did you? I didn't. You didn't? Oh, okay. Really? What was yours about? Mostly, it, it, uh, most of the insults centered around him being an army jerk <laughs> and how <laughs> I wasn't one of his cadets and that he can't boss me around because this isn't the military, basically. Huh. I'm Wow. So I was an even bigger jerk to David than you were, enough yeah. to the point that I got into... Uh, I, I do want to keep calling them rap battles <laughs> <laughs> and do a backtalk challenge with them. It's like a one-sided rap battle. It basically I is. figured I'm going to be riding with this guy. And so I'm just, I'm just not even going to acknowledge him. I'm just going to be quiet. Yeah, I, I didn't. So, so uh, yeah, I, I, I did get into the backtalk challenge and I, I won it flawlessly. It was, <laughs> it was a flawless victory. <laughs> <laughs> flawless victory. On the way to school, Chloe dreams about being in the car with her dad. There's country music playing on the radio, and suddenly a truck crashes into the side of the car. Chloe wakes up as David pulls up to the school. Oh, and that that's probably the first big feels moment. Right? Very, it was very unsettling for me. Yeah. Well, mostly because I'm sure I, I should have expected that, that there would be an accident. Mm-hmm. But when that truck came, I instinctively looked away from the screen. I didn't yeah. even see what actually happened until I reviewed my <laughs> recording later on. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, and, and just the whole daydream section where you're, where you're talking to him, like, like everything's fine. Yeah. And like, you're there in the car, in the backseat, which, which you weren't in the backseat with yeah. him when, when the accident happened or else you would probably be dead too. So yeah, that was, that was weird. And, th- and there were like different objects, random objects in the car, like, like the socket wrench mm-hmm. that you just handed to David was in there. So. Yeah, that was that was an interesting little dream sequence. So then Chloe gets to school and she just talks to a bunch of people outside. Uh, be- she's just killing some time before she has to go to class. And everyone she talks to seems to be mentioning Rachel as if she and Chloe are somehow best friends. And I believe someone, uh, probably Rachel, she posted a selfie of them together. Mm-hmm. You, you can see this on a computer in a couple places. And that's how everybody knows about you two like hanging out and having a party at the concert last night. Rachel seems to be, as you said earlier, the most popular kid in school and everyone loves her. Right. So while you're, you're wandering the, the school grounds, which you've just been told that you're running late for school, apparently you're not because <laughs> the, the main quest here is to go get a DVD from, from another girl and you find her and a friend of hers sitting at a picnic table playing a board game, sort of like a Dungeons and Dragons sort of game. And you get the movie, it's Blade Runner, which is pretty awesome, from... Director's from, Cut. Director's Cut. I disagree with that choice, but okay. <laughs> and you you get this this movie from her, and then she offers, you know, we've got 20 minutes before class starts. Do you want to play this game with us? Did you play the game? You know, I didn't. Uh, it sounded like it would be fun, but... I didn't think Chloe would be hanging around. She, she just, I just said, nah. Well, I decided to sit down and play the game with, with Steph and Mike. Steph is being the, the dungeon master. Is that what you would call it? I've never actually played a Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> game. And then, then Mike is playing the role of a wizard. You obviously need a character. So they say, here, why don't you be this elf barbarian? And Mike just loses it laughing. <laughs> and he's like, that's perfect for you. Because elves, they're small and little like you. 
and it's a barbarian, which means they're super angry like you. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, they say it's going to be 20 minutes. And I went back and watched my video. And yeah, it took me 20 minutes to play this this game of Dungeons and Dragons. And it was it was fun. Now, let me tell you why I decided to do this. I'm I'm looking at Chloe's character in this game and and reading over those journal entries to Max and realizing the thing that that I as Chloe need more than anything in this world right now are some friends. I have no friends, none friends at all. <laughs> yeah. And these people are actually being nice to me. So maybe I should be nice to them and and maybe I can get a couple of actual friends out of this. So let's check out this game and have some fun and maybe I'll get some friends out of it. And that and that's why I played and it ended up being a fun experience. We we won the battle and and I I think I did walk away from it with at least some kids who would consider hanging out with me again. Maybe not quite to friend level, but <laughs> but at least at least some kids who would consider hanging out with me. I should I should go back. You should. And try that because it sounds pretty cool. It is. It sounds like there's probably some funny lines in there. Oh, there's a bunch of them. <laughs> there's a bunch. Uh, yeah, I laughed a lot <laughs> while playing this Dungeons and Dragons game. <laughs> Another thing that you can do on the school grounds is there's like this temporary stage set up uh, and you can go walk on it. And there's, I think, a wooden box that you can sit on. And it's just one of those moments in the game where it'll just stop and it'll tell you just press B to get up. Mm-hmm. I love love these moments in this game. They're cool. There was there was one earlier when you were waking up from bed, your alarms going off, and it's, mm-hmm. it's a pretty cool song about how you probably should just be dead anyway or something. <laughs> right. But you can just sit there as long as you want, and the you know the camera keeps changing. It's not like it's just sitting there static, staring at yeah. you. But the camera will just start moving around the room and getting some interesting angles. Mm-hmm. And I just love those moments so much. Yeah, they're cool. They they give you some really nice views of the scenery. On the way to class, Chloe runs into Nathan and Drew arguing. He's, we know Nathan from the previous game. Nathan Prescott. Yes. His family is super rich and powerful and I think has some government roles maybe. And Drew looks like he's, you know, a jock football player. And they're arguing over Nathan being on the team, probably because his dad got him on the team, not necessarily because he's good right. at playing. And Nathan's carrying what looks like, I don't know, it looks like some kind of project, like a, like a photo album, maybe, like maybe mm-hmm. a photography project. Yeah. And Drew is trying to take it away from him. And they they end up in a fight and we have another choice to make here. Do we stay out of it or do we step in? Now, here's the thing that made this decision really difficult for me. Talk to me. I friggin hate. Nathan Prescott. Why do you hate him? Because of who he ends up being in the previous game. I mean, he was a psycho. He, he, he was an awful person to everybody. He uses his power to his advantage all the time and uses it to stomp on everybody else at every opportunity. I can't stand this guy. And the last thing I want to do is stand up for him. This is your last spoiler warning about the previous game. Three, two, one. Nathan kills Rachel. Right. So, so why do I want to step in and help this guy? It's, it's, so it's, it feels wrong to make decisions based on this future knowledge that this character can't possibly have. But it's hard to ignore that. Right. So, but even if, even if I try to ignore the fact that that's what happens in the future, 
I just don't feel like Chloe would care. I don't feel like Chloe would care enough to help this dude. <laughs> and so I, I absolutely just stayed out. Okay. So I did. I, I did not stay out. I, I did step in. And for similar reasons to why I played D&D with Steph and Mike, there's another person there who is urging me to do something mm-hmm. to help this guy, to, to stand up to the bully. So I thought, if I, if I step in, stand up to the bully, maybe this person will like me more. And, and I'm going to do this not to help Nathan, but to stand up to a bully. That, that was kind of the mindset that I went into this with. Okay. That's not really how it's going to work, right? <laughs> okay. I mean, everyone's going to look at it as you helping out Nathan, sure. but that definitely isn't how I wanted it to be viewed. Our Chloe's are already diverging. Chloe then goes to enter the building, but Rachel greets her at the door and takes her to drama club where there are a couple people practicing some lines. One of them, a girl, questions one of the lines and Rachel asks for Chloe's opinion. She asks, are Miranda's feelings of instant passion for Ferdinand just inexperience and traumatic circumstances or has she actually just met the love of her life? Yeah, so you, <laughs> you have to make this decision having watched one line out of an entire play and i i went the chloe route here well your choices are you can say miranda's an idiot Mm -hmm. miranda who's the character it's not the person yes it's it's the the character in this case that the the girl is playing against the guy whose character is ferdinand Mm -hmm. your choices are well miranda's an idiot or it's true love right and I, w- I went the Chloe route and said, no, Miranda's obviously an idiot. Yeah. She doesn't know what love is. Yes, yes, yes. I read that quote because I feel like it is in some way foreshadowing. Let me read it again. Hmm. Are Miranda's feelings of instant passion for Ferdinand just inexperienced and dramatic circumstances? Or has she actually just met the love of her life? Hmm. Rachel is saying this, staring directly at Chloe. After they've just had a... An awesome, fun night together at a party. And did you notice as the uh, the people in the drama club are commenting on Rachel's outfit and she does a little twirl to show them mm-hmm. all sides of the outfit that she gives Chloe a nice big old wink as she's doing it. I didn't notice the wink. Huh. I'm not surprised given the rest of the things that Rachel goes on to do. But yeah, I didn't notice the wink. I'm still trying to figure out at this point and <laughs> continuing through the whole episode. Why is Rachel doing this? Why, why is Rachel so, why is she giving Chloe so much attention right now? Yeah. You see me like we're, we're led to believe that before this night out at the, at the mill, Rachel and Chloe have never spoken before. Right. We're talking about, as you said earlier, the super popular girl, everyone loves her and the unreliable druggie who barely shows up for class and never talks to anybody when she does. And now Rachel saves her at the at the mill. She's bringing her to this drama club and talking with her. Why is she giving Chloe so much attention? I don't I, I don't get it. So after all that, uh, Chloe waits around while Rachel gets changed and she asks Chloe to fetch her belt for her. And you get another decision point because you get the belt and you walk into the back changing room and Rachel Amber is behind a changing screen and you you're supposed to give her her belt. And so your options are... Well, she comes out a little bit. You, she comes out from behind right. the screen a little bit, be like, hey... And she's not wearing any clothes. Well, she looks she's like not she's wearing not wearing sh- any clothes. She's not wearing a shirt. Okay. So your, your two choices are to walk over there and give her the belt, or to toss it over 
the screen. Right. What did you do? <laughs> my my reasoning behind this is ridiculous again. Yeah. I walked around to give it to her, and the reason was it, it it's described as throw the belt over the wall. And I'm like, if I throw a belt over a wall, it's gonna hurt somebody. <laughs> so I'm just gonna walk around and hand it to her. They're both girls. She's not I know that she's not completely naked. This this isn't gonna be super weird. Let's just walk around and give her the belt so I don't give her a black eye with her own belt. I'm sure that isn't what would have happened if I would have thrown the belt over. But that's the justification that I made. Okay, that's fair enough. I was I'm still awfully suspicious of this girl at this point. And so and and Chloe is acting really nervous around her. Oh yeah. And so I said, I'm just gonna throw this belt over. <laughs> And did you give Rachel Amber a black eye when you chucked the belt over the wall at her? She's like, ow, I didn't mean to throw it at me. <laughs> but she played it off. Like, you know, she just kind of like. She actually said, ow? <laughs> yeah. You know, she like gets some actor in the face or something. Exactly. That's why I didn't do it. And, and Chloe's like, oh, uh, sorry. But Rachel was just, you know, kind of like laughing it off. Not a big, not a, not a big deal. So after that. After that assault, if you, if, you threw the, <laughs> if you threw the belt at her, uh, after Rachel finishes getting changed, she talks to Chloe and, and just talks about her feelings about last night. And uh, she actually invites Chloe to skip class with her. The uh, perfect student is going to be skipping class. Right. And Chloe's like, well, obviously I do this all the time. Why not? <laughs> so the two girls cut class and Chloe doesn't really know where they're going at all. She's just letting Rachel lead the way and Rachel leads them to a train, a cargo train, and they jump on the train. Chloe still has no idea where this train is even going, but decides, eh, let's let's trust Rachel and see see where this is going and and have a little fun. I think she mentions that it's heading north and I'm thinking, ooh, maybe we're going to Seattle. Maybe we're going to go see Max. She actually mentions the possibility of it ending up in Seattle. Along the way, Chloe is still super uncomfortable and really doesn't know what's going on. And Rachel decides that they should play some games to get to know each other better. And they decide as they're sitting in this train, Rachel keeps scooting closer and closer to Chloe. Yeah, like every every time that she says something or the conversation conversation changes, it's like she's re she's she's moving herself just closer and closer in position to uh, uh Chloe. And so, yeah, they're, they're, they play this, they play the game where it's like an icebreaker sort of thing, right? Where you, you say three things and two of them are true and one of them is a lie. And so the other person has to try to guess what the lie is. Mm -hmm. So Rachel goes first. She plays it straight, gives you, gives you two lies or sorry, two truths and, and one lie. And then it's your turn as Chloe to pick two truths and a lie. Did did you play it straight or did you or did you lie? So you you could cheat. Yeah, you could cheat. You, for every, you could lie for every single one if you wanted to, <laughs> right? Or you could do true for all of them. Mm -hmm. But the point is that you could break the rules and try to you know trip her up. But I I played it straight. I thought that was only fair. Okay, so did I. Yeah, maybe not the most Chloe thing to do, but I don't know. Uh, again, for me, I, I'm trying to foster a relationship here. I'm I'm trying to make a friend. I'm still trying to figure out why I'm on this train. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's, that's a good question. This girl keeps inching closer and closer to me. Rachel totally guessed mine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She got them all. No problem whatsoever. Nope. She's, a, she's an excellent judge of character. She says that she's really good at reading people. What we got out of Rachel, though, is that 
one of her, one of her lies, at least for me, was that she was born in New York, mm -hmm. but actually that was not true. And, but it is a goal of hers to go to New York and, you know, be in Broadway. Right. I guess that is as a truth. I'm stupid. So I didn't, <laughs> I, uh, I called her out on the ambidextrous thing and which, okay, maybe not the best guess, but she's like, no, look. And so she signs her name both ways, oh, yeah. right hand and left hand. <laughs> and you compare the signatures and they look the same. Nice. After a while, there's a silence. I wouldn't say it's awkward, but there's a silence. And Chloe decides she wants to listen to music. At this point, you can decide to share your music with Rachel, give her one of the earbuds, or you can choose to listen alone, completely ignoring her. And throughout this whole scene... It seems like the game is trying to get you to make some decisions as to whether or not you want this to be more of a romantic relationship with Rachel. But this decision didn't feel that way at all to me at all. Mm. Like, I'm not just going to sit here and put headphones in and listen to music by myself. That would just be rude. It doesn't have anything to do with like romance. And when they, when I saw that the option was share with Rachel, I thought that just meant that I wouldn't use any headphones at all. <laughs> we would just use the phone oh, yeah, speaker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so I chose share with Rachel. And like you said, you, you share an earbud. And I'm guessing that you did the same thing since you know that it involves sharing an earbud. I need to be careful with the way I introduce these things because <laughs> it can lead to exactly the, knowing what I did. Yes. And looking at the stats at the end of the game, granted the game has only been out for a couple days, but right now, uh, well, as of the time that I played a couple nights ago, it was 99% to 1% for sharing versus not sharing. So I don't remember it showing me it that was that. Yeah. And it, and it had the little icon for this will have consequences. And I don't know why. Well, well, because, you know, it changes the way Rachel will perceive you, I suppose. Because I wrote down all of the, the stats at the end. Really? And I don't have that one written there down. There are two pages. Oh, no. You got to go back. I didn't look at the second page. <laughs> Eventually, the train finally arrives to wherever it is that Rachel wants to go, and she, she yells at you to jump. And for some reason, this is another big deal. This is another uh, choice with consequences, and you can jump or say, no way, I'm not jumping. Uh, this seemed pretty obvious to me. It, you got to get off the train at some point. <laughs> <laughs> so I jumped. Well, plus going back to, to my, my initial motivation here. I'm trying to be friends with her. I'm trying to open up. I'm trying to trust someone. So I'm trusting that Rachel's not having me jump off in a really terrible spot. And I jump off the train. Well, sure. But it's dangerous to be jumping off a moving train, no matter where, that's what true. kind of area that's you're true, in. That's true, I guess. <laughs> so did you jump or did you wait? Or <laughs> Chloe jumps off, gets run over by train, game over, reload. <laughs> I did jump. Okay. Anyway, so apparently this location is a park. And Rachel leads Chloe up to a lookout area. She wants to play another game, this time with viewfinders. But the uh, viewfinder eats her quarter. Apparently there was an out-of-order sign that had fallen off of it, so they did not know that it was broken. Chloe finds a way to retrieve the money from the machine so they can use the second one. And the girls make up stories about the people that they're spying on. They're looking around the park, and they see you know, a person exercising, a person just hanging out, what have you, and they're just trying to come up with funny things that they might be thinking about. and they were hilarious so then it, it ends with the, the last one is a woman standing by a tree in a white dress who 
they foreshadowed as soon as you got to the park, you saw this woman standing by the dress and it or standing by the tree. And she looks weird. Like, why is yeah. this woman just standing by herself by a tree? Mm-hmm. And then you see a guy walk up to her and they start kissing. And Chloe is Chloe and starts making up stories about prostitution and all this stuff. <laughs> and it's hilarious. But Rachel doesn't think so. Yeah, Rachel's not talking at all this time. It's nope. not like a back and forth and they're both laughing at each other, making up things. Rachel's just not participating at all. And when Chloe finally realizes this, she looks over and Rachel seems upset, but doesn't really say anything about it. But she kind of deflects the questioning by, by acting like I'm bored. I mean, this is really deflecting. She's like, listen, I'm out with Chloe Price. Why am I still sober? <laughs> right. That's a great way to deflect. So I want, I want to pause for a second. Was it as obvious to you that this is her dad? I don't remember if I thought dad specifically, but obviously she was upset about what she just saw. Mm-hmm. My thought throughout this and especially immediately afterwards is my suspicion continues to increase. You're, you're seemingly trying to just make a friend mm-hmm. and I'm still going on like, why is this girl asking me out on this crazy adventure of someone who I've never talked to? At this point, when she says that, I feel like she's just trying to use Chloe for a good time. Like, she's mm. just bored with being perfect, and she just wants to try something a little bad, you know? Right. And who better than Chloe Price? Absolutely. To have a good time with. hmm So that's how, that's how I'm feeling at this point. I'm still not very trusting of her. I was being far more naive and trusting, except with the dad. I knew it was the dad right away. Sure. So the next bad thing that she wants to do is they see a couple having a little picnic at the park and they notice that they have a big bottle of wine and seeing as she just said that she didn't want to be sober, they concoct some sort of crazy plan to steal the wine from this couple. I guess I don't really mean they because Rachel just starts going. She just (laughs) she just starts walking down to this couple and pretends to faint, collapse Mm -hmm. and to, to provide a distraction Without telling Chloe ahead of time that this is the plan, (laughs) Chloe just picks up on this and I don't remember, do you actually have the choice to steal the wine or not? I don't think so. Because I did. Right. I mean, you eventually get it. Okay. This scene was hilarious. Yeah, because the the couple, the man and the woman are like, oh my God, that she's dying. Go go get some help. And Chloe is just like, no, you got this, man. (laughs) You totally got this. Listen, I think she needs mouth to mouth resuscitation. (laughs) And And Rachel's like, no. (laughs) Rachel's just lying there on her back. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, no, I don't I don't think I can. And and then I think it starts up uh, a back talk little mini game you know the the rap battle right (laughs) at at which point you convince him that he needs to do this and then rachel's like i'm i'm good i'm good (laughs) and they walk away the girls leave the park and they head to a junkyard on some train tracks well you can't you can't just say a junkyard sure i can that's what it is It, it is what it is but dude we get to the junkyard and like if I could have paused the game, I, I would have paused the game like, oh my gosh, this is the junkyard. This isn't just a junkyard. Well, sure, it's, it's the junkyard from the first game, you know, like as Max, well, the two hang out there to test out Max's time traveling powers. Like Chloe's mm-hmm. like, I don't believe that you can rewind time. Right. <laughs> and so, they're, you know, they're practicing things at this junkyard. Is that what you mean? Uh, no, that's not just what I mean. And again... Major spoilers, uh, but you've been you've already been warned at this point. The junkyard is where you find Rachel Amber's body. 
buried. Buried because she's, she's dead. dead. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, man, all of the feelings of that moment from when you found Rachel. Was that the end of episode four or was that in the middle of episode five? Do you remember? Pretty sure it was the end of episode four. I thought so too. Yeah. All of the emotions from that scene came, came rushing back. Like mm. I said at the beginning of this episode that life is strange wrecked me emotionally. I, I always try to let movies and games impact me emotionally as, as much as the director wants them to, but I'm still not like someone who cries a lot for movies and games. But holy crap, Life is Strange did. But not, I didn't cry until we found Rachel's body. Mm-hmm. I did cry at that moment. Well, a lot of that, like I mentioned earlier at the top of this episode, a lot of that had to do with Ashley Birch's portrayal of Chloe's reaction mm-hmm. to finding evidence that her friend who has been missing for six months or so, that she knows now for sure that she's dead. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was it was fantastic voice acting, and yeah, it, it was it was rough. So walking back into that junkyard with Rachel brought back all the feels. They they were all there. I I, I was on edge from that moment on. So don't just say eh, it's a junkyard. <laughs> I come across a junkyard, a cool looking junkyard, but at this point, Rachel is almost completely disengaged from Chloe. She sits to take a break, seemingly absorbed in her own thoughts. The girls argue. Uh, Rachel begins to leave, but Chloe pleads for her not to leave because she doesn't want to ruin this like she ruins everything. At this point, I'm really starting to empathize with Chloe. Like, what what is going on? You invited me out to this adventure. (laughs) You seem to be having a good time. We're having a good time. And you're just flat out ignoring me and getting very upset when I try to talk to you. Mm -hmm. So I, I can totally understand. Yeah. Chloe, like I said, she says, I don't want to ruin this like I ruin everything. And Rachel asks, and what is this exactly? Boom. Game pauses and has that like (laughs) sound, which means you've got an important decision to make. Right. So these two are already having the, so what are we conversation? Your choices are, this is a friendship or this is something more. This is already going to be a, a, a tricky combination for these two tricky conversation for these two girls to have regardless just because of the subject matter but to have it as an argument while one of them is obviously really really upset about something that probably isn't the other girl's fault but but chloe doesn't really know if it's her fault Mm -hmm. and so rachel's super angry about something and chloe just feels completely left out out of the dark out in the dark has no idea what's going on. I can't think of a worse possible time to have this conversation than right now. <laughs> but yet, here they are having this conversation. So, don't tell me what you chose. Okay. Can you just walk me through your thought process? Well, so my my whole thought process for what was leading up to this was I don't remember the previous game ever giving really strong hints that there was something more to this between Rachel and Chloe. So I didn't feel the need for there to be more than just a friendship with this. So I've avoided all of the options of flirting Mm -hmm. with, with Rachel up until this point, despite the fact that Rachel is 
really pushing kind of hard at flirting with Chloe. Mm -hmm. And I just haven't been going down that route because it didn't seem to fit with the story from the previous game. So I decided I'm going to go the route of the previous game as best I knew and chose friendship. Okay. So I think this was, to me, this was the hardest decision because I didn't know what sort of ramifications it would have Mm -hmm. in the future. And also because of the previous game. And if you recall our conversations about the previous game, the way that we made decisions with Max in regards to relationships was very different. Mm -hmm. Early on in the first game, Max meets up with her friend Warren. Right. And Warren just seems to have a huge crush on her. Mm -hmm. And I kept going down the path of, well, since I, I didn't get the feeling from Max that she felt the same way about him, I didn't want to be down this whole like leading him on kind of thing. Sure, we can go this. We can go to this movie together or whatever. I didn't want to do that. Mm-hmm. And so I kept just politely shutting him down. And so there was never any this. There wasn't a romantic relationship between my Max and Warren. Mm-hmm. But by the end of the game, there did seem to be a somewhat close relationship between Max and Chloe beyond friendship. And in fact, in my ending, whichever ending I ended up. I, I watched both endings, right? Because there are two endings to that game. But the ending that you initially chose... Whichever ending it, it is in which they hug before saying goodbye, I assume it's the ending that you choose to sacrifice Chloe. They do kiss. In my, in my playthrough, they kiss. So there is this precedent, in mm-hmm. my mind, of there being a possibility of that sort of relationship. Right. But on the other hand, I'm still... Like I said, really suspicious of this girl. <laughs> I'm not sure if I can trust her yet. Why is she all over me like this? I, like I said earlier about, I think she's just using me. If this is supposed to be the beginning of a something more relationship, why are we fighting already? That's not a good start. <laughs> On the other hand, there, there is clearly some chemistry here. They seem to be getting along. So I kind of want to just like, I want to say something more, maybe just to call her bluff and see what she says about it. Maybe and maybe that she's so upset because up to this point I have been rejecting her advances. I have been choosing not to flirt and mm. and to do that. And maybe that's one of the reasons she's upset. Like I trying I can't be any more clear about how I feel about you. Right. And you're not responding in that way. Sure. That would be a good theory. So I ended up choosing something more. Nice. I'm I'm glad that you did did just so that we picked opposite options. Sure. <laughs> so I'm not sure how much this diverges between yours, but Chloe expresses her feelings about the day and her growing relationship with Rachel. It was, it was ambiguous. It, it, mm-hmm. it could, you know, it could have just been friendship or something yeah. more, but Rachel remains closed claims. It's hard to talk about right now. She can't talk about it. So I don't think our endings were radically different. Basically what she ends up saying is she's sorry for all of this, but she can't be my friend. I want her to be my friend. I don't want this day to be ruined. And Rachel just says, I'm sorry, I can't. And then she leaves. And then she leaves. So my Chloe. So my Chloe, she says something like, you're not going to make me say it, are you? You know, a friendship, but something more. And Rachel doesn't seem to respond negatively like, ew, Mm -mm. that's, ew, that's not what I was, that's not what I was doing here. (laughs) But she, she still says that she can't, but she wants to, but that she knows it's not fair, but she can't talk about it right now. And then she leaves. Right. And this whole phrase of, I can't, I mean, it leaves me feeling like, 
What the crap do you mean you can't? That doesn't even make sense. There must be something super mysterious. Well, I don't... I still don't think it's that mysterious because I've I've already made the assumption at this point that she's just super upset because she knows that her dad is cheating on her mom, which, you know... We know now We because, find out that that yeah, is what it is. Yeah, we find out later. And, and if that's the case, if that's why she's so upset, I don't understand. I don't understand her reaction. I think it's just she's a 16-year-old girl. Yeah. Like, I, I could see that being a reaction of a teenager. Yeah, it's, it's a big I deal. Can't, I can't do this with you right now because I can't process anything in my head right now. Sure. I, like, I just have no idea what this means for my world. So I can't. I just okay. can't. <laughs> so in either case, she leaves. Rachel leaves, which causes chloe to just get real angry and the way that she responds with his anger is to just destroy things i can relate to this as a as a as a child i would do the same thing mm-hmm. maybe even sometimes now and <laughs> so she grabs a bat and just starts smashing things mm-hmm. which is kind of fun from a gameplay perspective because every single thing that you interact with in the junkyard uh it gives you the four button prompts for the four face buttons on the controller right and each one is labeled with a single word smash <laughs> right. so it doesn't matter what you're doing and i don't care what button you press we're smashing this thing did up. you try different buttons i oh i try every time i went up to another item i would push a different button me too same result but during her anger outburst she suddenly notices that one of the cars in the junkyard is her dad's old car the one oh. from the accident man so I, she starts beating the crap out of that. Well, hold too. on, you can't. You she can't starts move, beating the crap out. You of can't it. move past that just yet, because I almost dropped the controller. Like, uh, uh, I, I mean, I, I'm still kind of speechless. Like, you know, you you kind of come around some other wrecked cars, and there's her dad's car, and it is super obvious that it's her dad's car, and. It hits like a ton of bricks. It hits like getting like a truck by us. <laughs> that was really insensitive. But, I see you're treating uh, this. <laughs> maybe it's There's easier like to laugh about, about it. But, but, you know, so then you're prompted with smashing it and you end up falling asleep in, in the car. And we'll get to that in a second. But, dude, I freaking cried. It's not a, it's not a good time for this. It's very emotional for all of these, for both these characters. <sighs> they both have their daddy issues. Uh, yes, but, but one, one, one I would argue is a little bit more significant. And as I'm sitting there, like starting to cry while, while this whole scene is happening, I realize, and maybe this is weird to go into a little bit, but I realize that maybe playing a video game that one of the core emotional tenants to the game is dealing with the death of one of the main character's parents maybe playing a game like that a week after i lost my own mother maybe not the smartest idea what can you do Uh, right i mean it's not like i'm in control of any of these schedules or anything and and well you know it makes but i would imagine it makes you feel more empathy toward that character you can totally understand the way that she would react to seeing that Right. I mean, I didn't lose my mom in a horrific car accident, but still, holy, yeah, that's, I mean, and it doesn't even just need to be a parent. Like anybody who's lost someone close to them, when they're suddenly jolted back into the realization of this person is gone and, and to make it so severe as 
this is the way that they died. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't get stronger than that. So, and and it's been, I think, a two years. I think she it's says been two years yep. since it happened. Yeah. So now, like when you introduce this segment, and you're like, oh, and they wander across the junkyard. Now it's got two significant yeah. reasons why why it's so impactful. But in in the previous game, I don't remember her dad's car being there. I don't think you'd even recognize it. I, I don't think it was there. It couldn't have been there. Well, so it's a retcon. Sure. But the, it, this, this was brutally hard. I think we'll talk about this later in some of our theories about what this episode is about. Mm-hmm. But I think that there are some cases, and maybe this is one of those, where it feels like based on what Chloe knows in this episode, that she would have said a couple more things to Max about the events of this episode in particular. Mm-hmm. But we'll get to that later. Yeah. Okay. So Chloe, we find Chloe dreaming again, and she's back in the car with her dad in the back seat. And her dad's talking about her day with Rachel. So this isn't like a memory of some conversation that they've had before. This is like her mind trying to work through her day. And the car seems to be on a loop. They're driving through what looks like the park area, and she keeps seeing Rachel out the window. There's one other thing about this particular scene that I that I made sure to write down because I wondered if there's some symbolism in the things that are in the car with her this time. Okay. This time there are three things in the car besides just her and her dad. The mannequin that she smashed. Yep. The wine bottle that she stole and chugged. Yep. And a poster for The Tempest, which is the play that's going to be happening at at school at Blackwell Academy soon that Rachel is in. Yeah, she's Rachel is like the starring female lead. Right. Mm-hmm. I still haven't figured out if there's something. Piece it, piece it together. What do you got? What do you got? Like a theory going on here? I really don't. Especially the ma- the mannequin is what's really throwing me up. I, think. I don't know. I I think I need even more days to, to okay. see if there's something to that. Well, speaking of symbolism, what happens next is on another loop through this area on this road, the car stops. Rachel comes up to the car places her hand on Chloe's window and in turn, Chloe places her hand up against the window from the inside. And suddenly Rachel is engulfed in flames. Mm -hmm. And then immediately afterwards, the car is hit once again by the truck. So what do you, what do you think? I mean, is this, I mean, this is, this is to me, what seems like obvious symbolism, obvious foreshadowing in some way, in some way, because I mean, why else is Rachel in, in, on fire? Is this, is this simply hinting at what's going to happen in the next few minutes where Rachel starts a forest fire or is it something more than that is it foreshadowing Rachel's death that we already know about is it mm. foreshadowing some other issue with Rachel I, I don't know the only thing that I could figure out after thinking about it after I completed the episode was the forest fire thing but that seems way too simple right especially since it happens in just a few minutes right yeah, that, that's that's not great foreshadowing when it's 30 seconds of foreshadowing. Let's come back to this scene in particular mm-hmm. once we get to the end of this recap and start talking about theories and things. Yeah. Because I feel like there's not much else we can say about it without just talking about the rest of the episode. Yeah. Chloe wakes up. She finds herself laying in the remains of her dad's car in the junkyard, and it's dark. She then leaves and finds Rachel back in the park. I don't know how long it's been, how many hours it's been, but Rachel's just standing there like it just happened. I don't know. Yeah, and, and you don't really know how how much distance between the park and the junkyard there was. 
So she seems happy, at least for me. She seems happy that uh, Chloe has returned and Rachel takes this time to share what is actually upsetting her. Uh, The couple that they saw kissing in the park, the man and the woman under the tree, the man was her dad, but the woman was definitely not her mom. Some vindication that I was right. (laughs) But man, did I not want to be right. (laughs) She says that she's been suspicious for some time. She saw a text message from an unknown number on her dad's phone asking to meet. And she thought that she could find out what was really happening. So I can understand why Rachel would be upset. Oh, yeah. But I feel like this is more evidence that I can't trust this girl. Because Hmm. this seemed like a spontaneous trip. This seemed like, hey, do you want to skip school? Let's just go on this train. Let's go to this park. Let's go play all these fun games. And it, and it wasn't. It was planned the entire time. Right. This whole time, she was planning to find her dad there. It was, an ex- it was within the realm of possibility that she would find her dad doing something there. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm being used. Well, so the trip was absolutely planned. She was going to do this either way. And then decided, I just hung out last night with this awesome person who i had a lot of fun with and this chick loves skipping school anyway and i'm about to do that so maybe it'd be more interesting to take a friend along with me and maybe she just wants somebody for that support Mm -hmm. maybe she knows the there's a very high likelihood of this happening and she doesn't want to be alone she wants to have a friend a relatively new friend at that but a friend Mm -hmm. yeah so the girls discuss their dads we know that Obviously, Rachel's got to deal with this infidelity of her dad, but they talk about Chloe's dad and his accident and how she's feeling about that. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't want to, I don't want to brush past what Rachel says about her dad because early in the game, during during the drama club scene where you have to get the wall, the the belt, you find a picture of Rachel in her backpack with her dad, and. Rachel goes on to explain what what this picture means and how she carries this picture with her all the time. Mm-hmm. And and she explains that one of the main reasons she carries it with her is it's a symbol of her trust in her dad. Yeah, wasn't it something about how they were out at a park or something and she had fallen and broken her arm mm-hmm. and that her dad carried her. Carried her back three miles. Three miles her back screaming to the... like she was dying. <laughs> back to the car. And it, and it showed that how much that she could trust him. Mm-hmm. So for me, Rachel expresses how much she appreciates the new friendship or relationship with Chloe. And both of the girls discuss their wish to leave town. And they discuss, Chloe says, what, if I, if I came over tomorrow and said, pack your bags, we're going, would you? And Rachel says, yes. Mm-hmm. Is that? It's essentially the same conversation. Yeah, they, they both decide, like Rachel says, then let's just leave. And, and Chloe says, okay, (laughs) (laughs) which that, that jives with what their plans were in the first, in the first game. Chloe tells Max that for a long time, Chloe and, and Rachel just wanted to leave Arcadia Bay Mm -hmm. and they never did, but they wanted to. Uh, Earlier, I remember a conversation with Rachel in this game and she Mm -hmm. said, you know, Chloe, you just never know. One day I might just be gone. Right. I might just leave. Mm-hmm. So now we get to the ending of the game of this episode. Rachel asks for Chloe's lighter. Of course, Chloe's got a lighter. Well, of course. She wants to burn that photo of her and her dad. <sighs> this was another really, really hard moment for me. And 
I don't I don't know how much of that is impacted by, you know, my own personal life situations here. But as as she's indicating that she wants to burn this photo with of her dad, I'm sitting there going, "No, don't do this. You are going to want to have this photo for the rest of your life." It seems like a knee-jerk reaction. Hopefully maybe there's copies. But yeah, this is a total knee-jerk reaction and you don't know what's going to happen with your dad. Like you guys might patch this over. He might he might work things out with his wife. Who knows? But you don't want to burn this photo. I was really, really emotionally upset about this choice by this. I mean, it's it's an idiotic choice that a, a teenage person would yep. do. And it made me so mad and so heartbroken mm-hmm. for her as she lights this photo that has so much meaning. She says that she loves her dad. But he never, or she never wants to see his face again, mm-hmm. which seems again knee jerk. Like, yeah, you don't know the story. There might be, probably not, but there might be a good reason. There might be some story behind this. <laughs> Maybe it's your mom who's a horrible person. You know, I suppose that's possible. You just you don't know, and I uh, probably should just at least sleep on it before before burning the photo. Mm-hmm. So she drops that burning photo into a trash can at the park, which creates a nice larger fire. Which is, you know, a nice bonfire-sized fire. It seems comfy. But she, Rachel is furious, and she kicks over the can and screams. There is a sudden gust of wind Mm -hmm. that blows the fire away and spreads it to a nearby tree. The fire grows, engulfing the entire tree. Now, we haven't mentioned throughout this, but there had been warnings throughout the game about forest fires. There was a guy on the school campus who was talking about fire, uh, forest fire and prevention. And I, I'm, I seem to remember seeing different signs about maybe just the conditions of the weather or whatnot that'd be conducive oh. to starting fires. I didn't read any of the signs at the park. They didn't seem like okay. they'd be interesting. And I must not have talked to that person on campus. But in Chloe's house, there's a newspaper on the table. Yes. And the newspaper has an article about how there there's a big concern of fires and huge fines for anybody who would be lighting off fireworks and stuff like that yes so then we see perspectives from people around town there's all staring at this huge forest fire we see frank we see joyce who is chloe's mother and david we see nathan at school we see principal wells talking with the police it kind of focuses on one of the one of the policemen i'm thinking maybe it's Rachel's dad. He, I, I he thought it was Rachel's dad. The district attorney. And we also see the woman that the girl saw kissing Rachel's dad still in the park smoking a cigarette. Okay. There's more stuff after the credits. Let's not get to that because I think there's some important things to try and, and guess and make some, some observations about here. The first one I want to start with is the principal of Blackwell out in front of the school with the police officer and probably Rachel's dad. I think it is Rachel's dad. You're presuming it's Rachel's dad because it's a police sort of figure. I think it's Rachel's dad because I think that he's just there to report her missing. I think that's why the police are at school. Like, Why else would they be at the school? What, what's your theory on why they're at school? I had no idea. Okay. I think it's just that his daughter is missing. Okay. And the last place she was seen was at school. I can buy that. Okay. Yeah, I really hadn't thought about that at all. The woman in the white at the park. She's obviously really, like, there seems to be more to her. Like, we're going to see more about her next episode or future, or the third episode. 
Yeah. But I'm, I have no idea what <laughs> what's going on here. It, but it seems like it's more than just she's she's the side action, <laughs> right? Know? Almost like maybe she's got ulterior motives and why she's why she's having an affair mm-hmm. with with the district attorney. Like maybe there is something super shady going on there, more than just a love affair. Yeah, maybe. But there's just there's nothing else though. No, but she. Like you watch that clip and she looks like I, I just get these vibes of like this cold calculating woman who's like, I'm just going to sit here and smoke this cigarette and watch the world burn. <laughs> she's <laughs> no. a big focus of that, of that sequence there. Mm-hmm. So she's, she's going to be important in some way. Yeah. Okay. I, I focus less on that and more on, wait, does Rachel have powers? Yeah. Because every time she screamed, it looked like there was some sort of like wind or something coming from her. What the crap? <laughs> <laughs> What's going on there? So it's not, the fire was already there. So I don't think she has fire powers. Nope. Which might be, I was kind of thinking maybe because of she was engulfed in flames during that dream sequence. Mm. So maybe she has some control over fire. Mm-hmm. and that's going to burn her or something. But it does seem like it's just wind at this point. Mm-hmm. So this is an example of something where, why didn't Chloe mention this to Max? Max is like, in the last game, dude, I can <laughs> rewind time, and I'm going to prove it to you with this really amazing uh, diner sequence where I'm going to project everything that happens because I've already seen it, and I re- rewound time multiple times to tell you exactly what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't Chloe go, oh yeah, well, pfft, my friend Rachel, she could totally control the wind. Yeah. Weren't there tweets and stuff from from the Deck Nine people in the last couple of months that said something to the effect of like, I, I don't think you should assume that there's nothing supernatural in this mm-hmm. game. Sure. I mean, they didn't tell us. Well, yeah, because they said there's, you're not having the time travel powers. Right. With Chloe. Right, because Chloe can't rewind time. That was Max. But it seemed like they hinted that there might still be something supernatural going on here but your point is perfect like chloe would have mentioned that in in the previous season if this all would have been planned but i don't think it was that's the problem with or prequels exactly exactly i'd rather i'd rather just go forward Mm -hmm. and not have to worry about does this fit perfectly with what's already been written knowing that none of this was thought of because from what i've read Deck Nine was given free reign. They were not given sort of a, this is what we imagine a prequel would be. They Mm. were just like, you have control over the franchise at this point, write whatever story makes sense to you. And they did. Yeah. So it's hard to try to come up with reasons and try to analyze it to that degree. Mm. We're probably going to get some contradictions. Maybe this is one of them, but that seems like a pretty big one. It seems like a really big one. And it, it seems like if if there is a power there, then Deck Nine decided to go that route because they felt like if there wasn't something there, if there wasn't some other game mechanic to latch onto, that it wouldn't be a, a, an interesting enough game for people to play. And if that's what they felt, I'm really disappointed that they felt that way because there was way less video gamey stuff going on in this game than any episode of the previous season of Life is Strange. And it was still 
really good. I still really enjoyed all of the time that I spent playing this game. And it, there's only two more episodes. Like It seems like they could probably keep that pace up for two more episodes and end up with a game that's that's great without having any of that extra stuff. You know, I, I had a family member over tonight and they asked me, and they're not into games at all. <laughs> they know nothing, nothing about video games. And they said, so what's the object of this game? Are you trying to survive? Are you know, what's the object? And, and I was actually kind of taken aback a little bit because there isn't really an objective to this game. It's not really a game. It's not that type of game. It's not that type of game at all. But it, at least in in the first season, there was some game mechanics there that almost like there still isn't really an objective to the game, but it felt more gamey sure. than this one. This one is far more of just this is an interactive story. There were a lot of, of time travel puzzles right in the last game where you would try to well, the one thing that I can I can remember is when they're trying to sneak into someone's office and you have to try to construct this bomb and then like blow <laughs> right. up this door, but then you rewind time. So it was never blown up to begin with, but you're still inside the room. And so you just simply unlock it from the inside. Right. There's a lot of things like that, that you were solving puzzles to move forward using your, using your time powers. But there was, there wasn't really anything like this. The, the only thing close to that was trying to find a way to get your coin out of the viewfinder. Yeah. And that, that wasn't much. Although it took me longer than expected because I didn't start by talking to Rachel. Oh. I was like, I don't, I don't want to ask Rachel for help. I want to do this on my own. <laughs> There's got to be a way to do this on my own. There isn't. <laughs> you have to talk to Rachel to get that nail. Filed. I was convinced there was something in the trash, the animals. Yep. And I kept, <laughs> I kept shooing them away and then another group of animals would come back. Go away, squirrels. And then the birds would show up. <laughs> Go away, birds. And then the squirrels came back. Dang it. There's got to be something to this. And there wasn't. Do you think that there are any powers associated with Rachel being so good with people? Oh. Like, do you think there's a possibility that she has some rewind powers like Max? Maybe not to the extent that Max did, but is the reason that she can figure out Chloe's lies from her truce in that game was because she experienced it and then rewound time and did it again <laughs> like do you think that she had it first and somehow that gets passed on to max everybody loves this girl when she dies yeah maybe when, she, when, when she, dies. she dies her power transfers maybe oh man huh um that would be interesting it, it would it would definitely explain how easily she was able to figure out the two truths and a lie but that's not that hard of a game. Like that, that's easy enough to explain without mystical, supernatural, time-rewinding powers. But again, if Chloe ever found out about that, she would have told Max, hey, right. that's funny, you got the same power as my other like, good friend. Right, what's up with all my friends being able to rewind time? Given that Rachel seems to have some sort of wind powers, mm -hmm. which is a weird thing to say, I control the wind. <laughs> with my breath. Do you think <laughs> with her emo her raw emotion, Josh? Sure. Do you think that maybe she has something to do with the storm that occurs in the first game? In the first game, mm -hmm. Max is constantly seeing visions of this tornado. Right. And it comes at the end of the at the end of the game. And maybe do you think maybe Rachel the name of this game is before the storm. Right. 
do you think that maybe Rachel has something to do with that? Hmm. Considering that it's wind and considering that it is a tornado that is going to destroy Arcadia Bay, that sure seems like a possibility. Or they're but... just doing some thematic, like just sharing between the games. Tornado, right. wind. Right. But there's, there doesn't seem to be any sort of time correlation between Rachel's ability to control wind and the actual tornado in, in season one, because Rachel's long dead. Yeah. You, well, you said this was a two year gap, right? Between this game and the last game. Yes. But the, but the last game, the total time span of the game, it's like a week. It's a week. Yeah. It's only a few days. And you don't actually know how long Rachel's been dead. No. But she's been missing for many weeks at least. Yeah. I thought it was like six months or something. Yeah. I, I was thinking something like that. So, if Rachel's able to use her emotions and and breath to stir up enough wind to cause a tornado, it's got to happen while she's alive. And she's probably been dead for six months before the end of of Life is Strange season one. So it's hard to it's hard to predict what may happen in regards to these powers because they happen so late in this episode. This is sort mm-hmm. of like the cliffhanger. Like, oh wow, right? What's gonna? Ha- I I really want to know what happens next. Mm-hmm. So is there anything that we can predict? Like, do you have any, any predictions about, so like you said, this is a, this is a three part episode and they said that it's only three episodes as opposed to five, like the original game, because that's just the story they were planning to tell. It only requires three episodes to tell this story. Right. So what predictions, if any, can you make about the next episode or where you think the rest of this season is going to go given what we know so far? Do you have anything? Uh, just, uh, just a little, because if, if you don't dig into it at all, the, the whole story just kind of leaves you hanging with well, what, what's next? I go, okay, they started a forest fire and that really sucks, but what, what are they going to suck? Yeah. <laughs> it really sucks. Think of all those woodland creatures, <laughs> but where, where my next, my next predictions come from is what we see happen post credits and i think there's going to be something interesting here in how you and i both analyzed what happens post credits because after the credits roll there's a single sliver of a scene with chloe in a room in in her bedroom it looks like her bedroom okay i'd have to rewatch it again to see if i thought it was her bedroom it does look like a bedroom and she's leaning up against her door trying to keep somebody out and someone is pounding on the door trying to break it down. It's a man. And he's demanding that she give her back the money that she stole from him. And you and I had very different ideas about what that scene well, was. Well, yeah, to me, it made complete sense. Because in the mill scene or the mill sequence, I had stolen that money. I had stolen that $200 from the back, from the trunk of the car and given it to Frank to pay off my debts and get a little bit more drugs. And so I thought for sure that, okay, this is going to be the guy who owns. Well, okay. So the guy who we spilled a beer on, mm-hmm. I believe Frank says that he works for the guy who owns the building. Hmm. Anyway, so I figure in some way or another, if they're selling t-shirts and this is t-shirts profit money, mm-hmm. it would have gone to this guy. And mm-hmm. because I stole that money, he's coming. He wants this money back. Okay. But you never did that. I didn't do that. And you so got the same post credit scene. And I got the same post credit scene. So I don't think that's it. 
I think it's Frank. What, what, would, what, what does Frank want? His money back. <laughs> but I paid him his money. I know. And I didn't pay him any money either. So I'm not saying that anything that I've done in this game explains why I think it's Frank. But in the first game, we did steal from Frank. Or at least with the option of stealing from Frank. Mm-hmm. And so maybe we stole from him again. And there's motive. Because Chloe and Rachel want to skip town. They want to get out of town. And you can't run away without money. Mm-hmm. So they've got to get money from somewhere. And Chloe's in enough with Frank. And Frank's got to have some cash laying around because he's a drug dealer for crying out loud. And it's not like they get paid with debit cards. So he's got to have lots of cash. So <laughs> at least I assume they don't get paid with debit cards. That'd be a really dumb way to buy drugs. <laughs> but so if if they're thinking we need cash and we need it in a hurry so we can get out of town, who are we going to steal a bunch of cash from? Well, it's not Chloe's mom. She doesn't have any money. Maybe it could be Rachel's dad because they seem to be pretty well off, but they're probably not the, the cash carrying kind of people. But Frank surely has cash. So why don't we go rob the drug dealer? Because we can justify that morally too. And we'll steal his money and skip town. Okay. So this probably goes towards saying there's a problem with previews of episodes, be it TV, games, what have you, in that they can be incredibly misleading. So when I see this preview of the next episode, I'm thinking they want to... They want to show you something about what the next episode is going to be about. They want to get you hyped up. They want to know what happens. And so I immediately thought, okay, well, this is the premise of the next episode and that this sets up the conflict for the next episode. Mm -hmm. But it's entirely possible, meaning that it has something to do with what you did in this episode. Right. But but really, that preview scene could happen at the end of the next episode, for all Mm -hmm. we know. Yeah. It could be something that happens during the next episode that causes the scene to take place. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily at the beginning. Yeah, good call. All right, so uh, we, can, we, can, we can try to go back to some other scenes and, and try to come up with explanations for what they mean. In particular, I'm thinking about Rachel being on fire in the dream sequence, <laughs> but I, I don't really have any answers. I don't have any theories. I don't have any thoughts on what that means. Right, and, 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 I, and I still don't. I, I think what's going to happen for for us with Life is Strange Before the Storm and this podcast is we don't know when episode two is coming out. We're hoping it's going to be in the month time frame and not more. But we're going to at least have some weeks here to continue to, to yeah, go over this definitely. in our heads. So I think what we're probably going to end up doing is starting the next episode in the series by saying... Yes, we already played episode two, but here's what else we came up with along the way that maybe, maybe this is what Rachel bursting into flames means. Maybe this is what the mannequin in the back seat of the car in the dream sequence meant. Maybe we'll come up with more predictions. Maybe not. I don't know. But I think that's probably where we're going to end up starting episode two of the Life is Strange Before the Storm series with before we get into playing the rest of the next episode. So that's going to do it. I I don't think we have any more predictions to share with you guys at this point. So that's going to do it for uh, episode one of our Life is Strange Before the Storm series. We look forward to to getting back and playing episode two. Uh, I, I really can't wait to play episode two. 
We will be back as soon as we get a chance to play episode two. You can look for for that recording as as soon as we can possibly get it out. Until then, we do have other things for you to check out from us at Story Players because later this week in the feed, make sure you're subscribed because we will be releasing the very first episode of our playthrough with Mass Effect Andromeda. And maybe it's going to be a month before we get the next episode of Life is Strange. Maybe it's going to be two months, but we've still got content for you guys because Mass Effect Andromeda is a much longer game than this, and we are going to be releasing episodes weekly for Mass Effect Andromeda. So if you haven't started that game yet, start it. You can get it for dirt cheap now. So get it, check it out, play Mass Effect Andromeda along with us and look for more fun games to come out over the coming weeks. Also, we want to know your theories and thoughts on this episode of Life is Strange. You've got a bunch of ways that you can share those with us and with all the rest of the listeners of Story Players. You can reach us directly via email. The The address is storyplayers at thedigitalmediazone.com or if that's way too much to type in an email box, just go to the website and use the contact form. You can also find us on Twitter. If you want to hit both of us up at the same time without having to type a whole bunch of Twitter handles, the podcast, that Twitter handle is at VG Story Players. And in case you haven't figured that out, because I've had a couple of people ask me, what, what's VG? VG is video games, guys. <laughs> Story Players is already taken. If you want to find me on Twitter, I'm at Josh Pollard. If you're looking for Joe, his is at What Color Joe. If Facebook is more your thing, you can like our page over at facebook.com slash VG Story Players. And maybe most importantly, don't forget to subscribe. We're now everywhere. We're in iTunes, which also means Apple Podcasts. We're on Stitcher. We're basically everywhere, uh, hopefully at this point. Please subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. And if you want to help us out a lot, leave us a rating or a review or both. On, on iTunes slash Apple Podcast and make sure to tell your friends. But please provide us with that feedback. We want to hear your theories. What is the mannequin in the backseat <laughs> and why is Rachel bursting into flames? But that is going to do it for episode one of Life is Strange Before the Storm from us here at Story Players. I'm Josh Pollard. He's Joe D'Astasio and we will be back for episode two. Until then, adios. Bye.